0: I feel really bad for Julie Andrews. Why is that? Well, she had to survive 30 minutes without her assistant, Charlotte, because she was too busy speaking to us this week.
2: Look, she has money, she'll get over it.
0: True say. If you hadn't already guessed, in this week's episode, we speak with actress Kathleen Marshall, aka the woman who invented headsets. Sorry, Brittany.
2: (laughs) Kathleen gives us the lowdown on her favourite memories working alongside director and father Gary Marshall, as well as discussing what it was like shooting scenes with Anne Hathaway.
0: Keep up the grass! And get ready because the tea is truly served, ma'am. We want to acknowledge you, Kathleen, for your amazing contribution to the film. You know, we feel like we need to
3: give you an award, a golden pair or something.
2: Geno- Sorry, Genovian uh... golden Pear. <laughs> Keep it on brand.
3: There were many awards given out on this film. I got an award because I say Genovia more times in the first hour <laughs> Than any, like I, like my friends call me and they're like, why you were, you say, Genovian pair like twenty times?" <laughs> so yes, is there a gag reel or anything on the extras? Because he, my dad, literally gave uh, Julie and Annie these little awards one day, these little gold statues for best acting while airplane was going overhead. <laughs> Because this one day, like, this airplane just kept going over. Every plane was taking off from LAX and they had to keep stopping and stopping and they had to do this scene so many times because of the airplane sound. So, yes, he loved to give out buddy words. I accept, I accept the Zenobia and <laughs> <terror work>. Yay!
2: <laughs> so, th- this film is going to be 20 years old next year, which is, honestly, mind-blowing. What do you think it is about this film that has... Let it maintain such a a legacy and resonate with audiences even today.
3: I think it's really interesting that when it came out, it was one of the earlier sort of Disney doing live action more than the animation, where this was sort of the first princess kind of to cross over, as opposed to like a, a Parent Trap and those kind of films were being done, Lizzie McGuire. But because this sort of had this Disney magical. And yet it was live action. Um, I think a lot of people really to see Julie Andrews again, to see Anne Hathaway be, you know, launched onto the scene. It, it had a lot of new things for the time, I think, at the time it was made. And, you know, Julie hadn't really done anything like this, I believe, in a while. And so, yeah, so I just think it, it kind of came at a right time and a right generation and a right group of young people that connected to it. And and he did an interesting job of creating, you know, we hadn't seen the really awkward high schooler in a while. And I think everybody feels like the awkward high schooler and they latched onto on to that. I feel so
0: lucky and blessed to be alive at the time that it came out and be the perfect age group to be enjoying the films.
2: There's an online kind of movement to make sure that Mia is officially identified as a Disney princess. It's funny, like people kind of miss her off, but she is a Disney princess, so um, we've got to make that
3: happen. That's so interesting. I I didn't know that about it, but um, that's interesting. You know, it does play like some of those I have a 12 year old so and I have 25 year old nieces so the nieces were there when he made it so he kept showing them the dailies and asking their opinions and they were like so they were five when he made the first one and now as my daughter um she's now 12 but when she was in like the first or second grade I would notice all the little girls would start looking at me funny one day
1: Oh. And it's because
3: they had just seen the movie and they realized who I was, but they were watching it for the first time, and this is in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. But I could always tell when it had run a lot on the air or that it was re released because these little girls would start looking at me with these big eyes, oh. and and so I know that the next generation is also you know like you watch Cinderella again and you watch all of the Disney Mulan and all of them again. You Princess Diaries is in that loop of the kids that of that age start watching it. So it's forever sort of reconnecting with a new group.
2: Please tell me that you you now walk around with pearls and a headset (laughs) in front of your daughter's friends.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? I mean, wasn't that now? It's so everyone has them. But back then (laughs) we thought it was high tech.
0: (laughs) It was high-tech.
3: No, Well, truly, the first thing in my hand that really, really won was a Palm Pilot. Wow. I don't know if you guys are too yeah, young to yeah. even know what that was, but it, it was not even a BlackBerry. It was a Palm Pilot, um, and it, it was silly because I don't think it was a – phone
0: was it we can't tell you enough barney and i we're always like oh i need a charlotte and we never say like oh it would be so good to have a pa it's like i need a charlotte she
2: knows the right flowers that's so funny
3: yeah Yeah. she has everything
2: and there's just so many (laughs) amazing charlotte moments in the film i know one of my favorites is the uh scene when charlotte is watching clarice give mia some princess etiquette lessons and the bit of dialogue where clarice tells Mia that crossing your legs is not princess like and then the camera cuts back to Charlotte as she (laughs) slyly uncrosses her legs and without anyone noticing I think that was such a lovely moment and just so funny.
3: Thank you it was that was a really fun day all of those different versions of trying to figure out how to make that interesting and fun and julie Mm. was so game i mean annie was great and would fall over but at first you're just not sure how julie's gonna take it And (laughs) she's so funny and she was so game to play around and make stuff up and try different things and yeah i love that because
0: didn't julie andrew she made a bit of a subplot didn't she because originally she wasn't going to have this kind of romantic relationship with joe she obviously told your dad a few things you know can we can we do it this way and and stuff but she she seems like such a lovely woman So it must have been so amazing to work on set alongside these people as well.
3: Yes. And and it is interesting. They were very collaborative. I mean, my dad has always worked that way in his directing and he always likes to, you know, kind of come to the scene and see what you can add a little here, a little there. I heard recently that on their first meeting, Gary and Julie, she said maybe they'll be known for pears and cheese and she just sort of threw it out there and he went right and it was there and so when she appeared on set it was pears and cheese and flowers and you know and so it's funny you have to be careful what you say around him sometimes you did you know because he would just give it it was in it but yeah she was very collaborative and so was Annie and obviously Hector and and that's even why you know my dad used a lot of us my brother is in it we were kind of these utility people that Gary knew he could count on to just what whatever the scene needed we could pop in and out and we had such a good time doing it
0: yeah it's your niece in in the film as well is she the character who says I'm not allowed to go to the party (laughs) and it's so cute Barney quotes that a lot
2: I quote it too much too often
3: no wait is that which one is that I'm not even oh no do you know who that is that is Hector Elizondo's granddaughter. Oh, wow.
2: Okay, got it's it.
3: Who that is. My nieces are when um, they're outside the school when they first find out she's a princess. My nieces are the two little girls that want her autograph.
2: Oh, oh that's so cute. Oh, be- comes of up the
3: stairs. Yeah. And our friend is the reporter, and their dad is there, I believe. I mean, any, yes. Yeah, extra scene is m- many of my relatives um but yeah and mandy moore is there and that other friend the other lana is a friend of ours me, who's great i mean she's an up-and-coming actress at the time yeah but what does she say i'm not allowed to go to the party yeah i'm not allowed to go to the party, <laughs> <laughs> go to the party. yeah yeah <laughs> That's like your granddaughter. I forgot. Oh, that. it's so, awesome cute.
2: so cute. I was watching an interview with, Anne and she was saying that your dad was never afraid of a spontaneous moment. You know, if it was if it was good, it was in the movie. So, did did you have any ad libs that made the cut?
3: I mean, the the, the famous one is when she slips on the steps and falls on her butt in the rain. <laughs> that happened, and and of course, everyone is like. Is she okay? But he kept it in. It stayed. It was a total accident. And Hector's like running, you know, hoping she's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I had, my dad had a word called chuffa chuffa. <laughs> to be honest, I can't even know how you spell it. But he, it would be like like the tops and bottoms of scenes. He would just say, well, chuffa chuffa into the dinner party. So when I'm out there and we're kind of setting up that the one guy is going to be drunk at the dinner party. Mm-hmm going into where she sets it on fire. I can't think of that as a real stunt coordinator, that guy. And we just like kind of made up a bunch of things to get him into the party, but show that he was drunk already. And like then it, we didn't want him to be too gross. Might I just and chuff, chuff, say something, just say something. And ultimately some of what was in and out, but it was just sort of like, he needed a lot of flurry and we I just started talking. So things like that, a lot gets cut out, but like one piece would be on the top of that scene. Or, there is no one better at making stuff up than Larry Miller. So, I mean, that was just a roller coaster of all those makeover scenes when he would just say some bizarre things and, and <laughs> you have to go with it in the, the makeover.
0: Oh my um, gosh, that scene is so iconic. It's so, so funny. Oh my gosh,
3: I mean, I laugh about the moose every time I see it.
0: Because I said this to Barney actually the other day, but I don't think that's in the the first Princess Diaries. But there is that line where he does say that you make all the boy mooses go, oh, and it's so, I'm sorry to do that impression in front of you. It's like he's in the
3: room. (laughs) Oh my gosh, see, I sometimes do confuse them. Is that that in two? That's in two. I think in the
0: first one, she's like, you broke my glasses. And he
3: says, well, you
0: broke my brush.
3: (laughs) That's right, that's right. Oh gosh, the moose, so yes, it's yes, just. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's right. So, yeah, the glasses and the brush, that's right. Yeah, he was very funny. I love that. I love him. Oh my gosh.
2: And what's so great is that so many of the cast in The Princess Diaries have appeared in previous films directed by your dad. Like there's, I think, I counted five actors, including yourself. Hector Elizondo, <laughs> yourself, Larry Miller, Alan Kent, who plays the waiter during the dinner party scene. And he has the exact yes. same quote as he did in Pretty Woman, which I think is such a nice touch. The the last actor was uh, Patrick Richwood, who played the neighbour, Mr. Robotossen. And I just love that there's this connection between all of your your dad's films. Was that a conscious decision?
3: Yes, he really, there's sort of a famous quote. I'm not sure if it was Tom Hanks or Richard Gere who said it first, but they both sort of use it. My dad didn't so much as direct a film, as host (laughs) a film. And he really liked to have his party guests, you know, people he liked to work with. So... He was really lucky and felt grateful that people would come back because he loved to work with people again. If they got into his loop and they knew how he worked and they had a good time, he loved it. So, yes, he would use people again and and many different reasons. Right. They knew his shorthand. He kind of had a funny accent some days and you had to kind of understand and. He was like somebody new on the set and he would be like, okay, English, English. I'm doing it in English. But he had this sort of these made up words like chuffa chuffa. And I think there were like four others. But anyway, so people like Alan and and certainly even at a higher level, I mean, Hector and he had this amazing relationship. Like they just could like raise an eyebrow at each other and they knew to go change or faster, slower or help someone. I mean, they just had this mental telepathy between Hector and Gary. Um, that I loved. And yes, yeah, so he really did try to work it out if it, if it fit, if the role fit to, to bring in people that he knew what we could do. He knew what he could ask yeah. of us and it, it made for a really fun time. I mean, movies are very long shoots and long days and sometimes you're in remote locations. So It should be fun because it's amazing to be able to do movies. And he always had a good time and bringing people that enjoyed that as well was important to him in the process. Of course,
0: you must have just admired your dad so much. It's cool anyway, working with directors, but if it's your dad, you just must be in so much awe and you must be just so proud of him. And he must have been so proud of you.
3: We had a good time. Yeah, he really was. um, My sister just said this the other day, I thought it was, interesting that he really was funny and fun and and aside from everyone's well and he was my dad dad in my like late teen early 20s where my dad made me crazy he was really fun and the person you wanted to like sit next to at the party and and which is true and he loved to gather everyone together and he was impressive we were really proud of him and we believed in his strength as a director that he had this creative vision and we were glad he could share it with the world
1: jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: and obviously you continued your father's legacy by founding the gary marshall theater And I was uh, watching a YouTube tour that I found online earlier. And even the foyer is just incredible. There's memorabilia from all of your dad's past works all across the walls. There's merchandise from the Happy Days and and scripts. It's amazing. So I guess I'm interested, what is is Charlotte's real day-to-day life like? How has that been?
3: So my day-to-day life, I still run the theater and the nonprofit, so I still have a headset. I still have a clipboard, actually, strangely (laughs) enough. I I have the clipboard with me a lot. I I really have cut my hair, though. I have to say, I think my hair is not held up in the poofiness and style (laughs) as it was in both of those movies. So. I, I sometimes like to flatten it a little more.
0: <laughs> hey, Charlotte has it, to evolve. In my you know? daily life here. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure it looks amazing.
3: Trying to think of what other pieces of... One, I definitely convert converged the two together, but one was just very special because we'd never done it before. And so creating the characters and and. Working on, you know, everybody kind of was invested in Mia's arc and of this turn of her becoming this princess. And my dad felt really strongly that moment where she has to make her own decision and stand on her own two feet and is what every person should experience at a young age to be able to in front of people and be responsible and so he he loved that story of a young person doing that so and we were all very invested in that and the first one is very different than the second one in that way that i think it really is a coming of age story that's important Mm
0: -hmm. obviously as well we needed to say that whitney houston was one of the the movie's producers
2: absolute icon
3: yes it's incredible. She, she has a, a wonderful um, a producing partner named Deborah Martin Chase, who actually found the books and she works on the Cheetah Girls. And so, Deborah Martin Chase and Whitney Houston were developing projects for young women and, and coming of age women. And they just had a beautiful perspective on what they wanted to make. And Princess Diaries was one of them. They optioned the book and they wanted to make it. And Deborah today is still a fantastic producer, also connected to live theater. She's on a board of a theater in New York, and she is, sits here in LA, goes back and forth and produces wonderful work. And they believed in it. And Whitney was sweet. I only met her once, but she was there. And I really, I wish I had a picture of it. I believe it was my dad's birthday anyway she came to the set for this one day and i did get to meet her
2: there is a video on i believe it was the dvd extras but it can be found on youtube of whitney wheeling out this cake for your dad and, and singing which must have been such a moment oh,
3: so you seen it was it my dad's birthday
2: it was yeah i believe so
3: oh thank goodness see i have to call in so i can confirm my story <laughs> that's great oh good good to know Oh, no,
0: it's incredible. And Whitney Houston got to meet you, which is, you know, she got to meet Charlotte. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: Right? Charlotte Cutaway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know why? I mean, is it online why I'm named Cutaway?
2: I was interested because we never, I, I mean, I don't think we hear the surname. So yeah, but if you can shed some light.
3: Oh, yeah. Charlotte, I was named after my niece because um, my nieces at the time, the twin five-year-olds were Lily and Charlotte. So Lily maybe was even already in the real book of her friend, Lily Moskowitz, the friend. Mm -hmm. So they named me Charlotte so that each twin would have a name in the movie. Um, But then Cutaway, he named me because Cutaway is a, a shooting term. So when you shoot the main scene, so if he's doing a a longer scene between um, Mia and the grandmother, you need to be able to have something to cut away to if you want to shorten the scene or change the scene or jump in later. So I was kind of in a lot of the rooms with them so that you could cut away to a shot of me (sighs) and change the story that was going on. So if they're talking about she has to be at the the ball she has to be ball. what she's going to wear and if it goes on too long and they want to cut a piece out of the middle of it or the side of the they can cut away to me and jump back in at a different part of the scene
1: so it's a a filming
3: technique and so they named me cutaway because for whatever reason a lot of these scenes were two-person scenes he always needed me hovering around so in case he needed the cutaway shot which you know my brother a second unit director could get like the next day that night like I wasn't always that usually I was i mean, usually I was popping in and out but every once in a while he would say well go get a scene of Kathy with behind <laughs> that wall because then I'll cut away to her so we finally named me Charlotte Cutaway.
0: That is such an amazing fact.
2: You have blown our minds. That's, Honestly, I love that.
0: <laughs> I'm just
3: like Well, you see, if you go, look, I'm always alone. Like, in the shots a lot, you'll see they'll cut away to me in the garden, and I'm, like, alone. (laughs) But that's why, because it was that just cut away, cut away, and come back, and cut away, and come back. So, yes, there you go. Wow. My my first, my brother's a director. He probably could explain the details (laughs) of that kind of directing more, but that's what I was. So I showed up. I wanted a badge. I always thought I should have a little badge that
2: said Charlotte Cutaway. No, Kathleen, bit of a a non-serious question, but something that has been plaguing Emily and myself for 19 years, pretty much. Oh,
0: yes. This (laughs)
2: motif of (laughs) M&M's appearing in the film. You have Mia sending Michael, her love interest, a pizza that says sorry, written in M&M's. And there's also M&M's on the keyboard when he's playing in, in the car shop unless there's a deleted scene i don't think these m&ms are ever explained can you shed any light on on these
3: that's funny i still remember that the pizza guy who delivers that pizza was our rumpelstiltskin at the time at the theater he was performing on stage at the, <laughs> the gary marshall theater no or, know, Falcon at the time and gary was like come to <laughs> the pizza man so um but yes yeah, so Well, I will say, and I don't know what the other actors would say, but I know that my dad always wanted different actors, needed different props. And so he always, when he would talk to an actor, he would say, you know, do you want stuff in your hands? Do you not want, like I was much better, a much better actor when I had stuff in my hands. So I had the clipboard, and I had the Palm Pilot, and I could focus on things, and then I could be in scene. Now, not everyone, like Hector is sort of not someone that needs a lot, but he looks and he scans the room if he wants something. (laughs) So with Michael, I think my dad just put that in there so that he would have... Something, you know, around to focus on. I thought there was a reason she sent m ms on his pizza. He doesn't reference it. Uh, Now I got to look and ask my brother. I don't know. But I know that he wanted Michael to have some stuff around. And that was one of the things that he had. But I can't remember.
0: Because we wondered if it was m ms It was because Michael's surname is Moskowitz. So we thought it was Michael Moskowitz. That's why he liked m ms I'd believe that. I'd believe it. (laughs) But then we were like, was it just product placement? I, I liked
3: that. Yep. I don't know I like that let's just you know I gotta I have no idea that's hilarious I have no idea but I like all those that's a great description of why it could be well, oh well,
0: we'll pretend it's that yeah <laughs> that's well, the well I,
2: I'll tell you but, what we can make sure that it gets revealed in Princess Diaries 3 which I'm sorry we're just we're speaking into the universe <laughs> it will be happening <laughs> So oh, d- I know, I mean, there's there's been rumors for a while. And I, and I think when Anne was on a talk show, she, she's like,
0: discussed it. She's said that she wants it to happen. We just kind of feel like if anything can save 2020, <laughs> it might be Princess Diaries 3. 4. It might
3: be that. Yeah. I know. You know, they. my dad even had conversations about three before he passed away. And they were really he and Annie. I think Annie was actually even pregnant with her first son. And Julie, and they had different some different calls about it. I know Deborah Martin Chase is absolutely, you know, keeping it sort of alive, too. And Annie, and I think it's just now, of course, different coordinations. I think there was, you know, a lot of discussion of what it's about that I don't know. You know, I just, I'm the same as you. I keep putting it into the universe. I'm ready to show up as Charlotte. Um, and I, I really hope, I think, that there are some really good characters there and there's some joy um, to, to have in a, a three. And so I hope uh, that it comes about.
0: Of course. So if, if it does come about, where do you think Charlotte's going to be? Is she going to be married with three kids? Maybe she's married to the Genovian pear juggler? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Well, right on the pear juggler. So in the end of two, I joined Parliament. There were no women in Parliament in two. And so at the very end, it might even be in the Exodus, but I thought it got left. There's a shot of me putting on the white wig and the the gown and walking in as a new member of Parliament and letting women into Parliament now. (sighs) And that's sort of the end when she's writing in her diary. So I guess I went on to be a representative in Parliament um, after the Queen moved on. So, yes, I think I would either be, you know, in some legislative branch maybe now. Um, But so, yeah, I don't know. I hope that I'm in some way still... supporting the princess and the uh queen and around the castle and all of that. So yes, I hope for that. But maybe in a more um in the in the parliament.
2: Well listen, if the third instalment isn't happening anytime soon, let's at least make a plan to have Princess diaries the musical at the Gary Marshall Theatre. Oh that's what the people want. Yes. <laughs>
3: the people yes, want that. wouldn't that be fun. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Thank you both. Yes, I hope all of those things continue on. I know, the musical, it's very interesting, isn't it? A lot of people are developing a lot of things in this downtime, I guess. Exactly, now's the time.
0: If you need any extras if these films or the theatre production does happen <laughs> you know who to call we can be pair
3: jugglers yeah you? right <laughs> work on your pair juggling yeah always a good skill <laughs> keep it around that's great oh well
2: Kathleen thank you so so much for taking the time to talk to us this has honestly been such Incredible. a treat
3: well lovely to chat with you and remember some of these times and let just thank you for in, having me on have a good luck with the other ones I now want to listen oh thank you so thank
2: much you and hey when we talk about princess Aries too we'd love to have you back on again
3: apparently it is a little more front of my mind that one so yes (laughs) barney will dress up as a mousse there you go there you go oh cheers please do write me again thank you
0: so much thank you thanks
2: kathleen bye Bye -bye.